We are Coming In Hot, the podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beats for the intro music. We are recording live from Darling New Media Studios in Midtown Sack. People, when you talk about a voice of a goddamn generation, when you talk about a goddamn voice of an organization, when you roll up into a building and all you hear is your Sacramento Kings, this is my next guest. If you don't know who the fuck I'm talking about, we're talking about Scott. Pressure in the building over Zoom. Wow, probably the best intro I've ever been given. Thank you. Hey, I was just trying to match your stamina there, buddy. Hey, I'm fueled <laughs> by coffee now, man. Back in the day, it was all like just <laughs> young man. Now it's, I'm old. I need coffee. I need a lot of coffee to do my job. <laughs> hey, man. So thanks for coming through. It. There you go. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming through, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Probably the biggest guest that we've had on here. Um, let's get started, man. Where are you from? Man, I am from uh, from the mountains, dude. I grew up in a super small area. Um, you've probably seen signs for Redding, California. Of course. We used up. to play in the, um, uh, what is that, the tournament up there. Uh yeah. Cal, Cal, not one Calvada. It was uh, uh, one of the high schools. Started with a C. We, we used to play up there. Foothill, Cottonwood, nah. maybe Cottonwood, maybe Cottonwood. Well, Sounds- if you go a little bit farther up into the hills, there'll be a little area kind of near Whiskey Town Lake. And I, I grew up out in the mountains out there, man. I grew up in a really small town, dude. Mm-hmm. Got my humble beginnings. I like, I just kind of grew up outdoors. I was like an outdoor kind of a kid, always like playing outside. Running, <laughs> running in the dirt, scraping my knee, climbing trees, yeah. lakes. Yeah, you still so got people out there? Uh, no, not anymore, unfortunately. But uh, it, it was actually the location of a pretty big fire from a couple of years ago, the mm. car fire. Um, not the campfire that was over in um, the Chico area. This was the first one. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the forests that I grew up in were damaged in that car fire. It oh, sucks. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God bless. God bless. Man. All right. So, you know, from, from Redding, California, how'd you get to sack? Oh man. So I actually, when I was in high school, the Kings were the hottest thing in the world, man. That was the Chris Weber, Vlade, mm-hmm. Mike, maybe that, that was those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was no athlete. I was a, I was an art student. Okay. I was, I was on track to go to college for, for graphic design. And so I was in all these advanced placement art courses. And so I, uh, I spent a lot of my time in high school, like doing artwork, like surrounding the Kings. And actually, I should actually pull some of that out and show. Yeah, for sure, I, man. I'm sure they'd be interested in yeah. it at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I found myself drawing a lot of like Chris Webber dunking. And then I would do like a pointillism uh, portrait of Bobby Jackson. And then like, I would just do all these different styles um, about the Sacramento Kings. And so my goal was to come to Sacramento and work for the Kings as a graphic designer. Okay. That was my goal when I was in high school, man. And oh, so, wow. I was able to choose coming to Sacramento State uh, College um, where I, I was going to be an art major because I had seen like on the King's website that like they were looking for interns in graphic design. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to this college. I'll do graphic design. I'm going to get with the Kings. So I moved to Sacramento. Um, 
more so that I could just attend games. Cause I mean, dude, you remember that team, man? It was <laughs> fire, yeah. man. That was like a Beatles concert. You couldn't get into these things. So no, not at all. Standing room only. To to it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I ended up in Sacramento going to uh, Sac state and I, uh, uh, I actually changed my major eventually over to communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of how I ended up in Sacktown, man. Okay. No, that's shit, man. That's a great story. Um, so you, you, you came from Reading, you came to Sac State communications major. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> because this story to get, for, to get to this point. Yeah, to get to this point because you over here trying to do graphic design internships, you know yes. what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're the voice of the kings. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that simple. Well, well, yeah, exactly. I wish my journey was that simple too. So how, <laughs> so you in there, did you get the internship? No, because I I, sw- I I switched to communication. Okay. I, uh, I just kind of, I guess I had, it was a pre midlife crisis. I was like, wait, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to do our, uh, maybe I want to do communications. So I, um, I remember I was at a Sac state baseball game and I was nine, I was 18, 19 years old. I was a loud knucklehead then. So like, I remember we went to a baseball game and we were just like heckling the guys in the outfield and like just being ridiculous and a guy came over in a polo and I was like, ah, oh, crap, we're going to get kicked out, man. And the dude goes, hey, I like your enthusiasm. Do you want an internship in the sports marketing department? Oh, wow. I was like, what? Yes. And so I spent my entire college career from that point forward doing all the sports at Sac State. So like basketball, football, volleyball, soccer, gymnastics, everything. And so it was kind of this interesting, like, I kind of got to pretend to be the Kings. Like I had some really cool like bosses there and they were like, yeah, if you come up with an idea for a contest or something, you want to put it in the game, let us know. Like they were asking me for all this, this advice. It was really cool to be a part of this like sports marketing department. And so at the end of that first year, my current boss that I still have at the Kings called up and was like, Hey, anybody want to internship with the WNBA? And that's back when the Sacramento Monarchs were Mm -hmm. here. And I said, I said, I'll do it. And I went to an interview and I became an intern for the Sacramento Monarchs. Did not realizing that the same company also was the Sacramento Kings. So I was asked to kind of join um, as an intern for the Sacramento Kings working for the game entertainment department. So that's like the live, all the stuff that goes on during the games, the timeouts, the dance teams, the mascots, the lights, the pyro, like I got an internship in that department and dude, I was hooked instantly man because i had grown up doing art and like if you're an artist and you paint something on a wall your hope is that somebody someday walks by and feels some of the emotion you were trying to portray Mm -hmm. in that art piece and then i learned really quickly in this like live entertainment world is you're still able to create this art and you're gonna see the instant emotional reaction from a live audience so in this weird way, like it kind of quenched this artist, this artistic side of me to be able to produce these live shows, to be able to like take people on an emotional ride of like, it's the fourth quarter, get excited, mm-hmm. or, you know, an intro video that's hyped or, you know, the, just the drama of a basketball game mm-hmm. is it's thrilling to me. And there's nothing else like it in, 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 in any kind of live theater or any other kind of WWE might be the closest thing to it. Right. Cause they're <laughs> producing those shows on the road. But anyway, I fell in love with that man. And so I was like, I want to stick with this. So my journey went from intern to guy who threw out t-shirts on the court mm-hmm. to 
Slamson's assistant, where I learned quite a bit. I would go with, I was still in college at this time. Like I would go to him to birthday parties and like corporate events and like more or less, like I kind of had to start being his spokesperson at some mm. of these events. Like, Hey guys, Slamson's excited to see you. So like, mm-hmm. I kind of had this, like I had to engage. And so, uh, then, you know, I went from that, from the mascot assistant role to a stage manager role, which is basically wearing a headset and, and putting the things out on the court, like the anthem singers or the mm-hmm. props or those kind of things. And, and then kind of into a producer role where I was then starting to come up with what was actually happening at the timeouts and those kind of things. And it was around that time uh, they were transitioning out from our other MC. And literally my boss was like, you want to try it tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I did it the next day, dude. Like we were kind of sitting there. He kind of asked me, well, how would you do the half court shot? And I said, well, I'll just be like, Hey, yo, dude, I'm here. And I'm, uh, I'm here with Pete and it's time for the half court shot. And he goes, you're going to do it tomorrow. And so I just did it. And never in my life did I think I would be doing any kind of public speaking. Cause I remember it, even as a communications major in college, I had like one public speaking course and I dreaded it. Like I was talking in front of 20 other kids Never in my life would I thought I would have an opportunity to MC for like an NBA team. And so while I was MCing on the court, I was also kind of behind the scenes becoming as like a producer, like a creative director of entertainment and like helping produce the shows from like very high level. Uh, and so like, it was, it's been pretty fun to have kind of the both sides of that. Uh, and right now, like uh, I'm just, I'm just living the dream MCing games and, um, yeah, it's been a heck of a ride. Yeah, that's dope, man. Like, uh, real, real quick, uh, I gotta do a little sidebar here. Who <laughs> in the hell did that to uh, Russell Westbrook? Like, <laughs> 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 my mic, dude. Uh, I, I work with a hilarious group of guys, man. Like when I got hired back when I was eighteen, it was the same group of people that's doing it now. So like, we've grown up together, like we're like a family and we're all kind of have the same weird sense of humor. And so it was actually our audio guy, Dan, that kind of came up with just because what happened originally was I was on the court and the players were the players from the San Antonio Spurs were doing that bing bong. You know, remember that thing that was kind of popular for a minute. So I kind of called up to the audio guy. And I was like, Hey, the players want to hear bing bong. And so like, for like one game, one or two games, it was a joke that there was a bing bong player of the game. So every time a dude would take a shot, mm-hmm. you would hear bing bong. Yeah. Like, and so it would kind of get in the head of the like opposing team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I showed up to the Lakers game and I saw <laughs> they chose Russell Westbrook as the ice cold player of the game. And like, look, like there is a governing body over like game entertainment in the NBA. So there's mm-hmm. somebody watching to make sure that you're not like pushing the limits. Mm-hmm. One of the rules is you can't single out a, you can't single out like a specific player. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. And like, bro. <laughs> Hey, if you Dude, know the history, but Russell Westbrook is a champ. Man. Yeah, like, that guy is so cool. Like, and he kind of made you know poked some fun at it and was laughing about it too. So like, he's a pro's pro, man. Like, <laughs> I no no hate for Westbrook. That guy's a freak athlete, man. I'm in awe. Yeah, nah, that was that was dope, man. I was like, man, they did my boy wrong over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what's the process of coming up with the uh, uh, in-house uh, entertainment over at the uh, Golden One? Yeah, man. So back in the day, well, I mean, we still do it now. Uh, it's something we call a coffee and creative. And it's kind of something that me and my buddy Mo started. He's, he was the, he's the other director of entertainment. 
but uh, we would take our whole team, lighting guy, audio guys, mascot, dance coach, like everybody goes to a coffee shop and we just get hyped on caffeine, man. I'm talking mm-hmm. like, we're going to buy you a triple espresso. And we start just kind of vibing, talking about what we saw on TV over the weekend. And like something about our group, it has such a, it has such a great chemistry that we start kind of like vibing and joking. And then, then I hit them with a topic and I say, okay, cool. What we need to do a shooting contest for, for Budweiser. Mm-hmm. And we just start talking, man. And like, I write down every idea we come up with. It's just like sitting in a room, hanging out with your buddies, talking about, Hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? I just jot down every idea that we came up with. Mm-hmm. And then I turn it over to my buddy Mo and I go, here you go, Mo, which one of these can we actually do? Yeah. And he'll be like, this one's possible. This one's possible. This one's ridiculous. This <laughs> one's going to get you thrown in jail. And so like, we actually kind of like weed through it and pick out the best ones, man. And some of those, some of those come to fruition and, and happen in game and they're they're pretty spectacular like one of the ideas we came up with was let's put 60 jimmy fallon heads behind the basket during a free throw and with the hope that jimmy fallon would notice it and put it on his show bro and he did so like that's the kind of stuff that like okay you have these weird ideas okay let's try it and holy crap we just got talked about on the tonight show just by being weird man so we got the kings some national exposure for you know just being silly in arena yeah. What what about um you know the SNL sketch? I know what, <laughs> what what's your thoughts on <laughs> Yo, I saw that and like I know some people were offended, but like it was just the whole joke was everyone had COVID at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, arena That's... fans had to play. So like I didn't I didn't take offense to it. No, I me neither. We can get that logo yeah. on national TV, bro. <laughs> yeah, like so, so many people were up in arms about it. I was like you better be glad they picked the Kings. They could have picked anybody. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Hey, though. but it we got cool we got some diehard fans though, man. They don't put up with no shit. <laughs> hey, man, and that's why I love them, man. There's literally no better fan base in the NBA, man. And I've been lucky enough to go see most of these arenas. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing. There's no loyalty like the fans in SAC, man. Hey, for sure, man. Special. Um, you just talked about the Jimmy Fallon heads. What what are like uh, some of the some more of the wildest, weirdest things that you ever seen at the arena? You know, we were oh, real man. big with the cowbells back in the day. You know, um, any, anything else that you seen out there? Oh, we I mean, we do the weirdest stuff on a nightly basis. Sometimes sometimes a lot of the things that we're doing during the game are inside jokes. Mm. So like half of the things that I do, I am <laughs> trying to copy like a professional wrestler or something. So like my people will be like, who are you going to be tonight? I'll be, Oh, I'm going to be Chris Jericho. And I go out there and I go, yeah, baby. <laughs> or I'm going to be the rock in the fourth quarter. So like, those are the things that we do on the inside of stuff, but uh-huh. like externally, as far as like probably the most outrageous thing we did was when I was in college, like YouTube and like, viral videos were just becoming a thing. And there was this guy named sexy sax man. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you're listening, YouTube it, Okay. this dude basically would take his shirt off in grocery stores with a saxophone and play careless whisper, like on like (laughs) the conveyor belt that gives your groceries over there. So like, it was like the first viral video I'd ever seen. And I thought it was hilarious. And so dude, we brought him in to 
do the introductions for the Utah Jazz. So we brought in Sexy Sax Man to play some jazz during the intros for the Utah Jazz. And we got quickly told, don't ever do that again, man. Oh, so like, bro, those, okay. It's all kinds of fun things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Up on, man, it, it, it literally is just like hanging out with your friends and yeah. like creating a live show. Like, hey, what kind of funny thing do you want to do tonight? So what's the, so there's like people that you have to, talk to before you, I know you said you were a producer are there. So you have this list, you guys getting high off this caffeine over at the Starbucks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting fired yep. up, you know, yep. and you know, you pass off your list, your, your partner's like, yes, no, maybe hell no. And then he takes that list to somebody else. Or do you guys just like, fuck it. If we get in trouble, we get in trouble. No, I mean, we've got, we, he, he kind of runs the things up the flagpole that might be potentially misinterpreted as offense or anything. So Mo is basically like our, our filter. He's making sure if he says, yes, it's good to go. Then what we would do is prior to that game starting is we would like rehearse whatever that element is. And that's, that's what a lot of people probably don't see is that you know, the game days for the live entertainment team usually start a little bit before noon. And so you have, you know, AV guys loading in, you get the big screen getting loaded up there's actually a live rehearsal that we do before every single game. And so like we would rehearse that said skit. So like none of it is, is completely like improv on the spot. So there is a little bit of like product pre-production that we do for it, but dude, it's, it's fun, man. It's fun creating art with your friends. <laughs> hey, so something crazy that was going over uh, social media. Were you there when dude puked on the damn uh, floor? <laughs> <laughs> dude so i was there and i missed the entire thing bro like i, I went into the back to get some water <sighs> on this particular game i was just running like crazy so i really literally went into the back for some water and i could hear music and i was thinking in the background that like, it was like a dance cam because i just kept hearing the crowd go oh oh and i literally thinking, oh, dance off on the big screen or something yeah and like literally not till after the game Somebody texted me and they're like, dude, somebody puked on the court. What? <laughs> so I was looking at it on Twitter. I had, I had no idea. And I'm glad I wasn't close, man, because, bro, I would, the smell of vomit makes me want to, uh, I don't feel good. Yeah. It's stinky. It's a, That's it's a, a terrible smell. It's a bad smell. Terrible smell. Ugh. But that dude was having a great night. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, he like sat courtside at a Kings game. Mm -hmm. He got access to the clubs. He was living his life. Yeah. Yep. He got a little too over the top, man. And he, yeah, he he he, he might have mixed something, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. We've right? all been there. Maybe not at the Kings game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not courtside at the Kings game, but we all Thank been God there. No cameras during our year. <laughs> 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 Poor guy had to do it in front man, of everybody. I always tell my kids, I'm like, man, if I would have had Instagram back when I was <laughs> Jesus, man. I'm telling you, I, I probably wouldn't even be here right now. Dude, <laughs> and kids have it easy, man. I remember I used to have to like, used to call like the girl's house yeah. and talk to her dad. Yeah, hopefully the dad didn't pick up bro, or the mom or the yeah, older time brother. Changed, right. <laughs> time has changed. Yeah. You can snap pictures now, send them over, text all this shit. You know, one thing though, <laughs> the kids don't sneak out no more. They just, that's all they do is just, chill like my yeah, my kids right. they just stay at the house 
Like, that's one thing, like, I really don't have to worry. Right now, I don't have to worry about our kids. Like, because I used to be out my window. My sister was out her window. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we'll meet up. Like, oh, we both leaving, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me kids don't, like, toilet paper houses anymore or any of that stuff? They don't do nothing. They just sit on the phone. They either sit on the phone, they play video. My, My kids. But when I when I talk to other parents, they along the same lines. But yeah, they just they just chill at the house, man. Like you gotta force them to go out sometimes. Like, now that they're just gonna be able to hang out in the metaverse, man. They're not even gonna need to leave their house. Man, I'm gonna walk into a room and go, what are you doing, man? Oh, I'm hanging out with my school. Hey, this is this is parent corner real quick. I rolled up, like I, I heard my my son, he's like upstairs and he's like, Oh yeah, let's go over here. I go up there. And he's literally in a party on the fucking video game. And I'm just like, yeah, and he's like sitting there. He's like, oh, change the music. And they all just doing the little dance and all this. I was like, how old am I right now? Nobody's going to leave the house ever. No, he was over there like, oh, yeah. We just over there. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, awesome, all right. I want to do that, but I want to be like on top of a mountain, man. Yeah, no, wanna, you like, could be I in. use VR for like meditation and just be like, all of a sudden I, I'm in, I'm on top of Everest or I'm on a beach. Hey, or I'm uh, on I, I did, I did about. VR for the first time and it's, it's scary good how, how good those graphics are. Dude, I did a Star Wars VR thing oh, in Vegas. Oh, okay. I could, I could feel the heat off the hot lava on Mustafar. <laughs> That's how good it was, bro. <laughs> Hey, so <laughs> all right, parent corner over. Um, <laughs> hey, the best MC in the NBA, seven All Star games. How how did we get there, man? Well, you know, I, I when I first was given that opportunity to MC, I said if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be. I want to be authentically me. I'm not going to like, I don't want to change my, myself up. I just want to be me when I go out there. And I said, okay, so I'm going to go out there and I'm be authentic. And I, if I'm going to do this, I want to be really good. So my goal is to, to do an all-star game. And so I always kind of had that goal. Like if I'm doing this, I want to do an all, I want to MC an all-star game. I want to see what that's like. And so the league actually, like I said, like, has a governing body over like the game entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so like they keep their eyes on like who's doing well. So like there are mascots that are really good in the NBA and those are the ones that usually get picked. And so like I got picked, man. Like I got picked to do uh it wasn't the all-star game the first time. Okay. It was one of the smaller events and it was so much fun. And <laughs> They just kept bringing me back, dude, seven years in a row. And eventually I did like all-star Saturday night with the dunk contests and the all-star games. And that's been a pretty crazy thing. And so like for me, who's, you know, I'm just an announcer for the NBA. Like there's no, like most jobs don't have like a recognition program where like you're an all-star, you get to go do this. Like (laughs) most people are like, Hey, you're the employee of the month. And so for, for me to keep getting picked, seven years in a row, mm-hmm. um, man, I felt really good, man. It was validating. Like I, okay. I made the right choice to, to, to try and MC. Like it's just, yeah. 
this is hella fun. Like it's cool to be recognized. No, it's, it's awesome. Uh, walk, walk the folks through, you know, like a, a all-star weekend, like, you know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> I know you weren't one of the people I, I, I heard, I think it was last year, whenever Atlanta was, I heard there was a U-Haul full of girls sleeping in the U-Haul. <laughs> Cause they well, was that was tra- the one year I wasn't there. So uh, that, makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so go ahead. I, I'm sure they're not putting you up in the U-Haul. But walk, <laughs> walk us through an all-star weekend for people that haven't been. Yeah, man. So... I mean, the NBA takes care of you. They pay for your flight. They, they, you land, there is a van and there's a dude with your name on like an iPad, man. They treat you like you're an NBA all-star. Like it is very, it is over the top. Amazing. how well the NBA treats you. Mm-hmm. It's shuttled to your hotel. And this is usually on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And then the next Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturday, or you're, re- you're in rehearsal, man. So like, mm. not only is like the best MCs pick, but like, this sounds funny, like the best cameraman, the best graphic coordinator, the best, uh, director of the video board. Like, so, so it's truly the best of it's all truly all star everything. It's an all-star cast. And so like, you know, we're all kind of learning each other during this rehearsal. So you're not necessarily working with the same directors, producers, stage managers. So you rehearsed for, you know, two or three straight days. And a lot of it is, you know, just reading the script in a room and then you do some on court stuff. And then eventually the day of the game comes and you execute what you've been rehearsing for three days and you pray that it goes as (laughs) planned, man. Uh, I've been a part of some very successful skits at all-star weekend. And I've been part of, some really tough ones, man. Like mm. when I did the all-star game in Los Angeles, it was, uh, the property brothers, you know, who the property brothers are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're on like, T- they're a TLC. Like one, like renovates the house. The other one sells it. Well, they're identical twins, bro. My, my daughter loves them. Like See? she just sits there and watches <laughs> It's weird. Can she tell the difference between the two of them? Yeah, well, I think one has like a beard now or something. Like she. Oh well, that would have been nice if they had that. <laughs> of course, like they, they did a contest and they decided to switch who was wearing what jersey right before, and so like this whole contest went to heck. So they don't things don't always go great in live entertainment. It's one take, man. That's why I kind of love it. Like it's yeah, you get one shot at it, dude. And, and in that way, it's kind of like pro wrestling. And in that way, I'm fulfilling my dream of being a pro wrestler, which will never happen. No, let's talk about that because I I think, you know, we might lose some viewers right here because I'm a big (laughs) pro wrestling since I, yeah, like I go to every single, you know, raw hell in the cell. I was there with that when they first did that red cage and everybody was booing. Uh, I I think it was great. That was the one that I missed. I I couldn't go to it. It was so bad. Bro, it was awful. Where the hell in the cell ended with a disqualification. Yeah. <laughs> Since when? Since when? Exactly. And and if you're gonna disqualify, why don't you why didn't you DQ mankind and the Undertaker? Like, well, you know, like it's it's like why didn't you do that? That the that should have been the first one. Why did they put Becky and Sasha? Sasha and Becky should have been the last match. If you're going to yeah. do a DQ finish, you don't, like, I spent a lot of money on those damn tickets. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but. um, 
I love it. We could talk more all day about (laughs) WWE, AEW, all that shit, but, you know, I'm starting to get looks from this side. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What was one of the most, um, what was the most memorable moment of an all-star weekend? Other than the property brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a really fun skit with Kevin Hart and Usain Bolt. You can YouTube it. It's pretty funny where oh, they, wow. we had this skit where Kevin beat Usain Bolt off on your markets at go. And it actually beat Usain Bolt in this layup contest. Okay. Look it up on YouTube. That's really cool. The coolest moment that has ever happened to me though, as a, as an MC, it wasn't at an all-star weekend. It was at a USA basketball event. I got asked to MC um, Team USA versus Brazil for like these exhibition games in DC before they went to the Olympics. I want to say this is 2010. I can't remember what year, but dude, Barack Obama was in the front row. Bro, I don't, I really have never gotten nervous doing my job. I get excited. Like the emotion is there. But when I tell you, man, that my kneecap started shaking, bro, because I see Secret Service, I see Michelle, like I see, I'm like, oh man, the president is watching this. Like that was, that was a trip for me. And that was probably the most memorable and it it produced one of the more memorable events. Mm -hmm. So like, you know how teams do the kiss cam? Yeah. So they put Michelle and Barack on kiss cam and like- Barack didn't kiss her, man. Like he kind of did the, like, just the way, like, like just trying to play it PC and bro, the play started booing. Like, boo. <laughs> so the game, the game continued and secret service walked over to the game director and was like, the president would like to uh, have another shot at the kiss cam. And so like, usually you would never do kiss cam two timeouts in a row. Nah. He did it next time out. He plants one on her, bro. The place like cheered, like it was like stone cold coming out. <laughs> The place reacted big time. It was oh, awesome, man. man. Uh, yeah. So cool. Oh, man. That That's awesome, man. Very so, cool, dude. Um, you know, I know you, and that was great. You know, Obama, Michelle, whatever, you know, I know you've met, you know, a lot of athletes out there. And one that we'd lost a couple years ago, Kobe. Yeah. How did you guys have? you know, uh, banter. Did you guys talk? Like what, what was your guys' relationship? Uh, he has no idea who I am. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know to what extent they actually know of what actually is going on in the, in the arena gotcha. behind them. Uh, but ironically enough, that same weekend of that team USA, I, I did do a contest with Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and I have a picture of it where like, he's, he's not like, next to me, but it's me and him on a court. Like Kobe is somebody that when he was, when I was growing up and I was a diehard Kings fan, Mm -hmm. I did not like him, man. Like you feared him. Like how many players do you fear? Like coming in, like Shaq and Kobe, like I did not like them. They gave me fear, bro. Cause I Mm -hmm. knew what they could do. Like, and so as a fan did not, I was scared of the guy because he's one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. And then kind of what happens is, you know, you start to get older and I like to think I'm a little bit more mature. Like I just become such a fan of the game and what people have accomplished in like, there just became a point where I just 
stopped hating and started respecting. Mm-hmm. If that sounds right, yep. and maybe that was probably four or five years before his, you know, his accident. Uh, and, and so from that point forward, it was just like special, special guy, man. Like yeah. when he stepped on the court, like you felt it. Like LeBron is like that. Steph is like that. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was like that. Shaq, like there's that's an upper echelon of like yep. you don't know what this guy's about to do on the court. Like mm-hmm. so, like tons of respect for Kobe, especially you know after he retired and like it is so weird going from from hating him to cheering him on his retirement game. Saw it when he scored what 60, 65 points mm-hmm. that night. Like it, it, so it's kind of cool. Like a lot of the things as I become an adult, like the things that I didn't like as a kid, like I respect now. And like, it's, I don't know, kind of cool. It kind of comes full circle. Yeah. You know, you, you definitely like look back and be like, Hey, why was I being such an asshole back then? Right. Right. You but know, at yeah. the time they were at, you know, those were some of the biggest battles in the NBA, man. When yeah. the Kings and Lakers took on like, Oh yeah. It was high, high anxiety, dude. Is there a 30 for 30 for that? It has to be. Ah, you would think at some point they'll do a series on uh, yeah, just that series, playoff yeah, series. Definitely. Yeah. I was at that game. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Dang. I was a senior in high school. <laughs> Don't be dating me. <laughs> Don't be fooled. I got gray hair in my beard. Hey, man. me too. That's why I sit so far back now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Our next segment is top five. You ready for some top five, Scott? Yeah. All right. Top five cities for all-star weekend. That I've experienced that or you've in general? experienced. Um, New York was probably, no, no, I'll take it back. New Orleans. Cause that was the first big event that I did. That was the, that was uh, a that smaller was the one. Yeah. But it was okay. the first time I got to do, uh, the slam dunk contest. Okay, cool. So New Orleans was number one. New York would be number two. Um, where else did we go? LA was nice. I got mm-hmm. to go to Disneyland one of the days oh, in cool. between rehearsals. Um, Toronto was awesome. Mm. I really enjoyed Toronto. It was negative 10. But again, that was like my first game I got to MC, the all-star game. And so like, oh. again, it's a special place. Uh, and then finally, uh, Charlotte was a nice city. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Top five favorite NBA players. Uh, Chris Weber would be number one. All right. I don't know if we're talking current or whatever. Nah, nah, this is your list, man. Chris Weber for sure. Loved C Webb's game. Um, I loved Ray Allen. Mm. I loved the way he shot. And then obviously can't hate on Steph Curry, man. I'd put Steph Curry on that list, man. Like, man, that guy's insane. Um, where's Steph Curry in the Mount Rushmore? Did he make it to Mount Rushmore yet? Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I mean, he's he's evolved the game to this this new echelon, man. And yep. the, the records that he's broken, and the, the person and the character of which he has, like, bro, I can't I can't say a bad thing about it. Nah, man. He's, he's a good just dude. a superstar every yeah. sense of the word. Yep. Um. So I got Steph, Ray, C. Web. I like a lot of these obscure guys, man. I liked Amari Stoudemire's game mm. quite a bit. I like that power forward, that Guy. explosive power forward. Yep. Um, and uh, you know what? Call me a call me a homer, but uh, I'm really liking uh, Tyrese Halliburton's game. Yeah, no, he's doing great. So that's my five top five list. It's a very 
it's a very unconventional list, but it, it's it's the guys that I like. Hey, I would I, I would put that team out on the court. You might, you know what? I might even put Ben Wallace in my top, top five. I love watching that guy play that too. Guy's just a, a tough, great defender, ton of rebounds. Like, yeah, I, I, I just am a fan of the game. Man, yeah, Ben Wallace, straight beast. Big top guy. five NBA mascots. Slamson is number one. Of this course. guy doesn't get enough props. He's uh, the funniest mascot in the NBA. A lot of other mascots are just jumping off trampolines. Nobody is the performer like my man Slamson. He can dance. He can improv. He's the funniest performer, and he keeps getting better year in and year out. I'm putting Slamson number one. All right. Print that. Uh, number two, <laughs> this is going to be controversial. Squatch. He doesn't exist anymore. That was the Seattle Supersonics, man. They had a Bigfoot mascot named Squatch. He was amazing. And when they went to... Uh, Oklahoma, then he became a different character, but uh, I'm a big fan of that guy. Also the Utah bear, another great guy. Um, I really like, I'm going to make people mad if they, uh, I like, I like uh, Hugo the Hornet. He's hilarious. Uh, And then I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the gorilla. He's an institution. (laughs) Yep. Top five mascots right there, bud. All right, cool, man. So, All right, so our next segment, coming in hot. So this is anything, any topic that you want to get off your chest. It could be about the kings. It could be political. It could be religious. It could be whatever you want. All right, Scott? So, Scott, it is time to come in hot. What you got? Yes. I want to talk about something that you – you would probably be shocked to hear is one of my biggest interests in life. Existentialism, my man, Mm. the question of who are we? Why are we here? What is our purpose? What are like, what is this? Are we real? Like, so I am really fascinated in with meditation, uh, yoga, pranayama. I like learning about certain religions, like, uh, like Buddhism and Hinduism, Christianity. I've been reading on, uh, I've been reading the Tao Te Ching, which is uh, kind of the basis of of uh, Taoism, and I really enjoy finding all the cool similarities between all of these like out there like theories to all this like ancient wisdom. And the reason I I, I brought that all up to the table is because I think now more than ever, human beings need to look at some of these different ways to improve our experience. I think a lot of people are suffering in the world right now. Uh, I think, I think everybody you could talk to is carrying some sort of a pain. Uh, people are living with their thoughts in the past. They're living with their thoughts in the future. Um, being present is, is the greatest gift. Like if you're living in the present moment, you're thankful for the things around you. You're thankful for the interactions that you have. You're not worrying about the future or the past. And so like, I think one, it, it kind of ties into mental health, but if you want me to talk about what's coming in hot, I'm going to talk about how the, the importance of taking care of our mind and our soul are to our overall well-being. A lot of people mm-hmm. will go to the gym, uh, but not a lot of people are working out their brains mm-hmm. and their spiritual side, man. And I want to tell you, like, 
if you can tap into some of those things, you will feel more complete as a person. You will get to know yourself on a different level. And so like, I'm just here to kind of sing and, and preach uh, the, the usefulness of like meditation, yoga, and, and a lot of these like ancient spiritual mindful arts that could really help a lot of people listening right now, because man, it, it is a walking hotbed out there, man. You want to talk about people coming in hot, man. It's just like, everyone's ready to snap. Yeah, And so like, I want, I think it's a great opportunity people to kind of catch their breath and go, humans are not here to fight in Walmart over, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. so like, it's, it's just, that's, that's kind of my interest in right now. No, and that's, that's great. Didn't mean you to get know, all deep on no, <laughs> man, like uh, if you, if you go back in the episodes, you know, we, we get there, like I'm big on mental health, self-care, Um, you know, especially in the business that I am in restaurants, you know, like that's, that's one real big stress. Yes. That's all it is. What's coming next. What's coming next. Yeah, exactly. What's next. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to get up and you go and, you know, like if, if I didn't have, you know, every Monday, 10 AM, uh, my therapist and, you know, Mm -hmm. I have two back to back podcasts and another therapy session for me. And then every day, you know, just, just trying to stay, you know, in shape and, you know, keeping that brain active and, yeah, you know, man. trying to find new things and try to pick up a book here and there. So that's great, man. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. Cause you know, I think sometimes people don't realize where they are in their mental state. Like people might not know that they're depressed or they're yeah. know that like, why am I always mad? Like, why yeah. am I always pissed off? Like what? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, I hope if you're listening, maybe you just kind of check in with yourself, man. Yeah. Be like, am I angry? Am I sad? Am I depressed? Am I thinking about the future? Like, because every opportunity exists to make it just a little bit better, man. And everything you just said, like, you have to take time for yourself. You have to, you can't pour from an empty cup. No, man, that, that's amazing. Um, one last thing I need to ask you. Yeah. Can I get a King's intro, please? <laughs> okay. But this isn't actually me. I'm not actually the one that does the starting five. That's Scott Moak. Uh, we're both named Scott. And people <laughs> think we're the same people, which is funny because I have a beard. <laughs> Just give me some, is. Scott. <laughs> okay, so what do you want? Wait, where'd you give, give me your stat line? Six, six out of what? What? Give it to me, brother. Oh, I'm, I'm six, three. 230 okay. out of Sacramento, uh, Strawberry Manners, baby. <laughs> Strawberry Manners? Yes, sir. I didn't need your weight, but thank you for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got a nickname? How do you want me Big to? Big uh, C. That's what they call me, Big man. Big C? Yeah, Big C. Big C. All right. Well, I'm actually going to do my impression of Scott Moore, Okay. But with a little bit of Scott Fresh shower twist all right <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen standing six foot three weighing 230 pounds from sacramento strawberry matters it's big c <laughs> I have a little wwe yeah no I, I liked it i loved it thank you so much WWE. man hey the parts unknown <laughs> hey go ahead and plug what you gotta plug socials uh you know somebody wants to email you go ahead brother yeah, man. Uh, I'm really only public on Twitter, Scott underscore fresh. Okay. Uh, the rest is just pictures of my kids and my dogs and stuff. So, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. And if uh, you want to learn more about some of the projects I've produced, you can go to stuck Scott, Scott 
um, some, some examples of some of my, my work and my freelance work. So if you uh, need help with anything, Hey, give me a shout and check in with yourself. Yes. That's all I ask. Yeah, check in with yourself today. See how you're doing. Um, and if you need to hit me up for ideas on how to get there, tweet me. Yeah. And you know, like happy to help. And, and one thing um, I'll just add to that just every morning when you open your eyes, just start from the head all the way down. Hey, how's my shoulder feeling? How's my knees feeling? You know, like that, that just takes a lot of, you know, and then just take five minutes just to lay there. Don't think about shit, but your body. Hmm. Right. A little meditation. Work, routine work on idea, your dude. breathing. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. Fresh shower. for coming through, here, coming in hot. <laughs> hey, make sure you subscribe to Coming In Hot wherever you listen to your podcast. You can check us out on YouTube as well. If you want to holler at me, at Chef Cease, at Coming In Hot. If you want those beautiful, delicious, mouth-watering hot chicken sandwiches, www.nashandproper.com. I love you guys. Peace. <laughs>